and welcome, my faithful and loyal readers and listeners. Welcome to our daily devotional for June the 24th. So as you will recall, our daily devotional is divided into two distinct segments. We have our first of the day segment, and we have our through the Bible in one year segment. So our verse for today comes from Psalm chapter 100 verses 4, Psalm 100 verses 4 and 5, which says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So these verses that we have just read anticipate the the day that the nations stream to Zion to worship the Lord. So what are we talking about here, right? So that's what Isaiah wrote about in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, which says, This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established. As the highest of the mountains, it will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountains of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his way, so that we may walk in his path. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord. judge between the nations and will set on their disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. So that's what Isaiah said, so it's also referring to what Michael wrote chapter 4 verse 1 which says in the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains will be exalted above the hills and peoples will stream to it so what we are seeing here is that God has kept his promises to the people of Israel, which benefits the whole world, which is what we see in the very last part of our verse of the day, which says his faithfulness continues through all generations, which means that it benefits and it affects and it does something good for the entire world. So those who come to God through Jesus, come to Mount Zion. 
23, which say, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of
24 through 25. So that concludes our verse of the day segment. We are now going to move into our through the Bible in one year segment for June 24th. So that is day 173 of this particular segment. So in case you have missed any of our previous segments or any segment at all that you want to get caught up with or if you just want more information in general, you can go to upstatechristian.com. Again, that is upstatechristian.com. So our focus for today is going to be on John chapter 19, verses 1 through 16. That's 16a. When I say 16a, it's going to be the one that stops. Where it says, finally, Pilate handed it over to them to be crucified. That's the 16a part. So, so far we have covered two and a half, keyword there is, and a half of the four scenes that John uses to tell his passion narrative of Jesus. So the first scene takes place in a garden, and in that scene we see Jesus arrested. So that's the first scene that we saw. The second scene takes place at the home of Annas, who is the brother-in-law of Caiaphas, who is the high priest for that year. And in that scene, we see Jesus being interrogated. And his response to this interrogation, but we also see Peter being interrogated by the crowd that had gathered to be near this sham trial. Excuse me. And more importantly, we see Peter's reaction to be interrogated by this crowd that has gathered around to be either a part of or a witness to this sham trial. And so finally we have seen part one of the third scene, which takes place in the palace of the Roman governor Pilate, which is located in Jerusalem. So all of these scenes that we have covered so far, all of these scenes take place either within the walls of Jerusalem or outside Jerusalem or in the near the vicinity of Jerusalem. So we've got to keep keep that in mind, right? So it is this scene we see Jesus being tried before Pilate. And we left off yesterday with the crown demanding the release of Barabbas, a condemned insurrectionist who had not only plotted to overthrow the Roman government, but had actually taken some action to overthrow the Roman government. And so today we're going to pick up with Jesus' trial before Pilate, right, so the conclusion of that trial, and which will see Jesus being sentenced to be crucified.
one we're going to go through verse 7, which says, Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they slapped him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews that gathered around there, Look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for, as for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law. According to that law, he must die. Because he claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed to be the Son of God. So what do we see here? The first part we see is that Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The Romans normally used flogging as a prelude to crucifixion, but it was another attempt by Pilate to satisfy the Jewish leadership and to avoid crucifying Jesus. So let's talk a little bit about flogging, because this is a really crucial and important part. So when we say flogging, we don't mean that he was just beaten with a rod or beaten with some leather strap. No, no, no. He was flogged with what was would have been called a thalagrum, which would have been some sh leather straps he has attached to a stick. But woven into those metal straps would have been shards of glass, would have been bones would have been pieces of iron, things that were designed to not only bruise the body, but tear and rip away the flesh. So the so a flogging was a brutal beating, right? We get that part. It was usually performed by someone highly skilled in afflicting the utmost pain, but leaving the person short of death. So when we say afflicting the utmost pain, so when the Roman government flogged somebody, it was from the top of the shoulders down to the soles of the feet that they would have been flogged. So we're going to talk a little bit more about how Jesus would have looked here in just a few minutes, but keep that in mind, from the top of the shoulders all the way down to the soles of his feet is the potential for how he would have been beaten. So even if they were supposed to leave the person short of death, sometimes the Roman lector who administered the flogging got a little bit carried away and would cause somebody to die during a flogging. That did not happen here. So now let's talk about the crown of thorns, the robe, and the scorn for worship, all of which were intended to humiliate 
just as this frogging was intended to humiliate. Pun was trying to do here was he was trying to appease the crowd that had gathered that said, Hey, we want this man to die because he has claimed to be God. And so Pilate says, Okay, I'll beat him and I'll humiliate him and then I will release him in hopes that will that will do away with your fear that this man is plotting to overthrow somebody. So we see as they pipe they go outside the because we pipe they go outside the palace again declares just to be innocent for a second time because you see yesterday he had declared Jesus to be innocent for the first time and when it was the crowd they said no we don't want him to be released we don't want the innocent one to be released we want the guilty one Barabbas to be released <coughs> so he then what he did was he presented Jesus to the world in a humiliated and an abject condition. So he presented him beaten to within an inch of his beaten so badly that the crowd may not have even recognized him. They probably would not have recognized him if they had not have known who he was. So he was presented as being battered up abandoned and completely vulnerable to his enemy. So the Jewish leaders then responded with cries for Jesus' crucifixion and then they went even a step further and they introduced another designation for him, the Son of God. Right? Because they believed Jesus committed blasphemy. And that was the reason why they wanted him to be executed. But they had to present the case before Pilate. As if Jesus had done, had committed a crime against Rome in order for him to be executed. Because that was one of the only crimes which a person could be executed at that point in time. So now we're going to pick up in verse 8, and we'll go through verse 12, which says this. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. And he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. He refused to speak. Pilate said, don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. But the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. Opposes Caesar. So we see here that 
kind of became a little bit fearful man just right when he heard that Jesus claimed to be the son of God he claimed to be divine because here he is sitting in judgment of a person who may or may not be divine so Pilate and Jesus go back inside the palace and so what we see is that Pilate being the, the who is the representative of secular authority brings up the critical issues of authority and crucifixion and what we see is that Jesus told Pilate that no human ruler had authority over his life so Jesus is
York Gotham is not maintaining your laws. He is openly fooling your laws. He let a man go who claimed to be a king. If anybody claimed to be a king, they are against Rome. So I'll we'll pick them from there, right? So I'll we'll pick them from there and go from there to uh, verse 16. So we'll start with verse 13 with verse 16. Holy Day, since it took place during the festivals of Passover. 
past summer and on Liverpool it and so it also would take place during the rest of the week during the rest of the calendar year because remember according to George Law he couldn't do a lot of things on the seventh day so you would need to prepare for the seventh day you would need to make any meals gather any food etc 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 on the day before the sabbath day so what we'll see here is that this drama that has been building is gonna end just as jesus predicted when it ended with his being sentenced to death it's going to end with his tiny gruesome and cruel death it was designed not to be quick and painless but to be slow and painful as we're gonna see as we go through it right because that's gonna be what we look at next because we're gonna pick up from here tomorrow as we see part one of the fourth and final scene in john's passion narrative of jesus which is going to be the actual crucifixion of jesus and in order for you to be prepared to discuss that you need to read second kings chapter 8 verse 1 through chapter 9 verse 13 